0: Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Maybe you're not comfortable talking to a rubber duck.
1: And hey. you'd feel more comfortable with this uh, pocket monster, as they call them. Mm. There is something slightly demonic about his eyes. staring <laughs> into you. His red cheeks. Are these his... Imagine if these were his eyes, the red dots on his cheeks. Oh, ah, yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, they're fine. Did you start oh, he recording? he looks like evil. Yeah. Oh. Good morning. Good morning. How, how are you? <laughs> this is the morning episode. This is the I'm still asleep because it's nine o'clock and I don't get up at a regular time podcast. Well, we're
0: so busy now, now that we've actually got users. There's on the humans platform. on the
1: platform. I feel obligated to help them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> actually, you've been checking the alerts too. As soon as an alert goes off. I'm an alert
1: man. I love alerts.
0: I was going to... Um,
1: I don't like to leave a bug unfollowed up.
0: It's funny because I was on the platform testing last night and I got an error and it popped up and I was like, oh, I should screenshot this. And then I'm like, hold on. No James need. has already seen it. James has already seen <laughs> this yeah. error.
1: There's nothing that you could possibly do that I have not seen. <laughs>
0: so then I just like I just thought, oh, it's okay. Um, I'll just... Talk to James about it when I see him. Yeah, and then yeah. he and then thirty seconds later, he was posting on Slack. We've got an error.
1: <laughs> was that user, you? Yeah, it was me. Oh yeah. right, yeah. I said I think someone has an out-of-date client. Yeah, and I was me. like, I was looking at the user agent. And I was like, what is this a MacBook? <laughs> 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 Who yeah, can afford me. a MacBook?
0: We had so much, uh, so much stuff happened last week. Last week was the big week. You've been out all week. I have.
1: Do we need to play the intro music?
0: No, we can add it later.
1: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: Um, even though we don't edit things around here.
1: No, we don't. Or this conversation, <laughs> we're not editing this conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah. So last week, well, two weeks ago, we put it in with one user, and then we had a few little creases to iron out. But then last week was the big week where we actually were they gave features. It. What no, creases? No, it was just
1: just little things. I thought it was features. Did we? I don't think we've done any bug fixes, really. Not
0: major ones. No. That's why I say creases. There's nothing really wrong with it. It's the it's the best platform I've ever built.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's something. <laughs> <laughs> it's relatively solid. Yeah. I mean the er- errors are coming from the front end not the back end, so I'm actually feeling quite happy. Yeah, there there hasn't been a single error. I actually feel guilty when I see those front end <laughs> yeah. errors
0: pop up like oh like there. That's probably me again. It's the the, actually, the traditional
1: co- double click.
0: Actually the error from last night I think it is my fault.
1: But anyway, yeah, it's always double clicks that that do it for me. Like that's that's the first point of call because like users tap more than once if it if it's slow at all. Mm. And uh, typically, you don't do that in development. Development, you're like, I'll just click once. Yeah, that's right. And then it's fast enough. You never click twice. Yeah. So people don't put those locks on. Mm. You just try that with any e-commerce site. That's always fun. Just double-click the button real fast. See if you buy two products,
0: (laughs) that's one thing. after this week, that I've realised, because you have done an integration with uh, Deputy for our platform, and doing zero now, and doing zero now, yeah, and uh, you love testing the the bounds of their API. You you love understanding what's going on,
1: yeah, because the uh, behaviour that they document isn't the behaviour of the actual API. Typically, mm. uh, there's always like additional headers that are in there, and it's undocumented, but it is the actual, you know, integration. For example, I hit one of the endpoints. Uh, I, I like to just put a for loop in after I've I- integrated with something and just, just see fun. at what point, like yeah. how many transactions per second can this API handle? Mm. And uh, we were hitting about, <laughs> about one, one <laughs> transaction per second, so it's not very <laughs> scalable. It Maybe could be because I'm on the free like plan. That, yeah. But uh, th- I got an entirely undocumented error. I got back XML. Yep. like an XML uh, response from, I think, like a Jetty web server. Yep. And then I hit it again, and I got an a HTML response from Nginx. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Yep. But so you... I, I like to, because the alternative to finding out what those are and wrapping them in valid errors is just getting an alert that says unexpected token <laughs> left, ah, left sure. le- less than. Found oh, that's a, that's a really I'm good point.
0: Yeah so at least if if you try and find these errors if you surface these errors you can handle the ones that you find you can handle them so that our platform's more resilient.
1: So a you may be able to inside of your code be able to handle the error directly. Mm. So an authentication error I may want to increment the amount of times that we're willing to talk to deputy where we get 401s before we disable an like an integration a connection to deputy. Um, because I don't want to get a call from them saying like all oh, your application has been delisted because you're spamming us yeah. so So uh, I think it's very important to get not only just the the responses mapped Which is typically what ends up happening and also get the, the errors mapped and put as much of the so the documentation will have like business speak of what the errors are put as much of that into the error that you throw mm-hmm. as possible and i literally wrap these in like extended exceptions particularly in particularly in typescript now that uh, you can extend the error class in javascript oh yeah yeah very nice so now when i see uh, any error from any of these external apis i know whether or not i need to lose sleep about it or if it's just them like whether or not it's them breaking or it's me uh, breaking sure. yeah
0: yeah well we would never lose sleep anyway
1: yeah well I lose sleep. <laughs> if I get an alert, I'm gonna look at it. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> How do you, don't you silence your phone when you go to bed or you turn it up? No, I, I,
1: the alerts I let like come through yeah. because uh, you know, I'm just I I used to be on call. Oh, that's right. You're so used to it. I'm used to the like, oh transactions aren't going through. Someone yeah. needs to look at it now. <laughs> and then you get this call from a, a system called PagerDuty. Yeah. And uh, it's like this robotic man like telling you there has been an alert and, and it's like a it's a synthesizer and it'll call you and wake you up in the morning to to let you know and uh, the thing that i hated was the errors that are like the unmapped boundaries of the system and then you have to like look through everything and, and then it it ends up being just like oh, X was down or nginx uh, X was down or something
0: yeah in relation to pagerduty i i do know there was another company who does something similar to pagerduty but they wouldn't give you the like the standard robot error they give they'd just like wake you up with a nice song Oh, are like the server is on fire.
1: That doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer the robotic man because the robotic man he could be telling me like, "Uh, there was a network timeout." <laughs> the server is on fire is a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how effective it is, but is it like an actual human? Do they have like people? It was you probably joke. could do that. You could just hire like a whole bunch of people, sit them in a call call center. And have them call and do custom songs. Yeah, custom songs. For yeah. all of your exceptions. I'm pre- <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah, but... Um, Typically alerts don't come directly from exceptions, though. Because I th- I, I, normally uh, alerts get out of hand, and you'll never have like a backlog of zero. Yeah. We have a backlog of about six, only two of which are addressable. Mm. So people don't always alert these pager duty sort of Things on it. It would normally be like an API check or like, is the health server down? Ah, yeah, that's right. Or an end to end test is failing. Yep, yep. Because you always expect that someone's client somewhere, because it's the internet, someone's client somewhere is going to break your application. Mm. Yeah. Or someone like Frank is going to use an outdated client. That's right. That's validation. That's that's me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Using an outdated client with the bad code that doesn't actually solve the problem. Yeah. We're supposed to, but anyway.
1: That's fun. As an aside.
0: But, um, well, that was fun. Yeah. I, I didn't mind uh, going out. Well, and getting back into Deputy because I, I was like, I was a Deputy early adopter, just so you know.
1: Uh, like at it when you were before software.
0: First software.
1: Yeah. yeah. Before yeah. your I, software life. I was as well.
0: I was Googling for like, how, how do I solve my rosters and scheduling more efficiently? Oh. And then I found Deputy and it was really good. In those days, it was literally just a roster just yeah. make a roster and then you could send it out to your
1: employees. I probably got it about the same time, but uh, I was in I was on the opposite end of the uh so you were like the what do they call them? the bourgeoisie and no. I was the proletariat <laughs> 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 if I'm using the right communist terminology. <laughs> and uh so I just walked into work one day at the butcher and there was just an iPad on the wall and they were like, "Yeah, you got to like scan your face before you leave right. or enter and that was like, there like was,
0: butchers would have hated that
1: There was almost a riot yeah yeah <laughs> i think someone like took their genitals out and like <laughs> oh took god. photos of them every time they checked in or out <laughs> oh they were god. so upset with it but then the, the yeah. actual ceo ended up checking it <laughs> when they were there <laughs> they'd like come by and like check the computer oh my god it's very awkward
0: but uh, but now when i logged into deputy this week there's so many features
1: yeah, it's much bigger than it used oh, to be. Oh, it's
0: massive. So much stuff it can do now.
1: It's so easy to build features.
0: Especially these days. Yeah. CI/CD.
1: You've got the the constant deployment to prod. Yeah. No one tells you no. they just like, you know, oh, maybe someone will use it. But it, I don't know if they're validated features, all the stuff. Well, we were talking
0: are. about this before because back in the old days when you had to ship your software physically on like a CD or something, you had to do a lot of planning. You couldn't just... Uh, it was
1: pretty much done when it got to you. That's they right. There weren't running really many updates. Like think of StarCraft, like those games that yeah. came on the CDs. those If I loaded that CD right now, it'd be fine. Yep. That software is perfect. There's no <laughs> patch required. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing
0: is, someone had to plan and say, okay, we've only got uh, so many resources, whether it's time and money, so what are we actually going to put on this CD? Yeah. And it has to work. Whereas now it's kind of like, just get something out, I will fix it later, we'll add to it later. And then no one ever draws that line in the sand to say, okay, stop adding, please. Yeah,
1: and there's also just like uh, the quality initially, because it's very easy for the business people. We, like as software uh, engineers, we say to the business, like, oh, we can deliver this faster now. Mm. Uh, But typically that ends up askew, like you forget about the testing, you forget about all the quality controls that would go into it typically. yeah and you just say, yeah, we can get it out next week, Mm. and uh, you push out.
0: In what form does that take?
1: Yeah, and then it ends up being that your users end up being your guinea pigs. Mm. There's pros and cons, of course. I hate being a guinea pig, though. I just want reliable software. Yeah. But I'm a very different person to most people.
0: Well, it is, like you said, if you cracked StarCraft open now, and it just worked, it's quite nice when you've got something that just works properly. I, I find that I'm used to just Dealing with bugs all the time now, so I don't. I'm not really. You don't even care. I don't just even <laughs> care. It's just my
1: standard. Put it in the database. <laughs> It'll be fine.
0: We'll sort it out later. We'll yeah. put it in our data lake and just uh, run some. Um, We're not a structured ETL, database fan. Uh, ATL over our
1: yeah over our uh, data. Frank we'll sort loves the graph later. database. Yeah,
0: I love all databases equally. I don't have a favorite.
1: No, you do. You love Neo4j, <laughs> which I judge you for immensely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't appreciate it. <laughs> Not that it means you're a bad person. It's just that, oh, actually, sorry. Maybe it doesn't.
0: But one thing I wanted to ask you as well was, so with our deputy integration, there's some OAuth stuff there. How would you test all that? How do you set it up to work locally? I always have this problem where like getting something to work locally. Well, this was the problem I had with that, uh, that bug that surfaced last night. Because I didn't actually test it that thoroughly locally. I just pushed the code to production. I thought, I hope this works in prod. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it didn't, but... <laughs> scary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it wasn't... Uh, I'll ask you was, what the bug it actually was, it was low risk, later. It was low-risk code, but... Oh, uh,
1: I did get an alert, so that's <laughs> fine. <laughs>
0: but, um, yeah, how'd you, how'd you set it all up? What'd you do?
1: Uh, so I'm a big fan of... So there's, there's two things that I would say for testing and integration... Um, testing is also like development. Like you need the local development life cycle for the actual software engineer. If it's more than just you, you need to not be have to have credentials and internet access on your machine. Yeah. So there's two steps. Uh, one is uh, I use a IOC container, which is uh, everything in the application is injected. I use uh, Syringe, mm. which is a TypeScript Uh, IOC container, which is inversion of control Mm. and all that means is that uh, I can say to the System at runtime use the mock service or use the real service Mm. So I'll go and I'll build the real service and then I will write a mock that simulates the same behavior Mm. on a perfect sunny day Mm. Um, and I'm able to uh, replicate those systems Mm. quite easily and then from there Uh, I have a mock service and I have a real service. Uh, I write uh, what's in Ruby land would be called VCR tests. In JavaScript land would be called nothing really because I don't (laughs) think it exists very well. Knock recorder is the system, is is the tool that I actually used. But uh, it's very, I ended up having to rewrite a a library. You know, this was another example of me... uh, (laughs) looking at the JavaScript toolset mm. and then I opened up knock recorder yeah. and it was one index.js file that was about 60 lines long. Oh, really? And there's about 40 files in that repository. Yeah. So I feel like a What's lot of these there? things should just be gists on GitHub. It's oh, yeah. like let someone copy paste it. That might be a good idea. Yeah. It's essentially just like a, 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 the way that it resolves the file system there's there's nothing there's nothing special about it. It's a very I don't understand why people make libraries like these. How many just down, make a gist. How many downloads post. does this thing have? Thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's very people, strange, and it had six
0: dependencies. It's interesting people take that path and not just. Set it up themselves. I did initially
1: but then I was like oh I want this one small behavior what am I gonna have to do to get that behavior so I opened the library code and I was like go to definition mm-hmm. and I was expecting it to take me to like a tree of files yeah. and everything and then it ended up just being like oh this is a wrapper for this other other library ah. which is a wrapper for this other library oh ah, right yeah but um, so the the essence is um, I try and get the API documentation it'll say like create employee for example. Mm. I will attempt to uh, recreate that in the same endpoints, and then I will record what the replies and responses are. And then once they're recorded in VCR or the system that I have that isn't necessarily in all node, Mm. uh, is I have like a 10 millisecond test that verifies that my my requests stay the same. Mm. All I want to make sure is that my requests to deputy or zero or whatever API, like HTTP API, remain the same. That's the only thing that I'm testing. That's all I want to know. And then from there, uh, I can map the data. I can change the mapping that my system accepts. So I, I, I'm a big fan of um, mapping and never returning raw data from other sources uh, because you don't really have much control, right? You you lose confidence halfway down. Does this, does this uh, zero employee ID actually exist or is this you know, it could this throw because this object is undefined. Uh-huh. You don't really know when you just call them bare. Yeah. So I wrap everything. And then, um, yeah, the, the level of confidence is uh, massive that I think mm. you get from these sort of tests. And because I have the mock next to, and it's implementing the same interface as the real service, the one that I've done those like API call yeah. tests with, I can verify that the data that's mapped out is the same and it makes it much simpler. You can typically get away with just storing an array. This is something that came from Scala, actually. I ah, first saw the... like One of your favorite very, languages. Yeah, so one of the better-tested Scala services I saw used, uh, so the interface mock service and real service sort of system, but then inside of the mock service, it wasn't like they were doing some testing stuff. It was literally like a viable mock that just stored stuff in an in-memory array, uh-huh. literally like array. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's sort of the system that I go for. We're in serverless, so I don't have like one runtime. So the just an array won't work. Mm. So I have to use Postgres. I have like a little key-value store that I jam data into. But uh, yeah, that, that's uh, how does the a knock
0: recorder work?
1: Uh, so you start it. Uh, you say knock dot record. Uh, if I'm paraphrasing. Mm. Uh, and then you make a series of HTTP requests. It will record what the requests were and what the responses were. Yep. And then if you change the type of the recorder to replay, it will play those responses back only if it gets the identical request. Yep. So you, then you are essentially locking down so you know that nothing that you change at any point in your code could alter.
0: Ah. So it's a it's Where does it save the response and requests? A Just JSON a, a file. JSON. Okay.
1: Yeah. So the JSON file has the specifications of what query parameters, headers, uh, and the actual URL of the resource that you were getting. That's and nice. so then that that so that means when you're reading the documentation, documentation for an API, you're slow because you have to, you know, go back and forth between your editor into the the, the browser mm. and you have to check the mapping and everything and see oh is this what i'm expecting it to be but if you do the like the json file you can map out the specific data that you want in the format that you want Mm. Uh, and then you no longer need to really consult the documentation because you have the documentation for the api in the form of the responses yeah sure yeah so the difficult thing is that once you do that i need to scrub the secrets so i just do a find and replace everywhere for my secret credentials uh, yep. and replace it with like a uppercase like mock client ID client secret.
0: So, so when we're running it in, in the dev environment, um is it actually replaying those JSON responses when you do the call?
1: No, because your data that you send in the dev environment is going to be different. So uh, yeah. because I've tested the interface, I know that the interface is identical. Yep. Right? Um, so I know that if I give it this this type of create employee request with these parameters, so there's validations as well, for example. So I have like max length of the first name is 64 characters, which is a constraint deputy has, mm. um, I know, by testing the system. Mm. Uh, so those validations the docs are there.
0: Deputy, you need to add that to the docs.
1: Well, yeah, I don't know if they are, but yeah.
0: We just but, bypass uh, the docs.
1: Bypass the docs. Just call the API. <laughs> but uh, because of that, I have confidence that the the mock service matches it one-to-one. Uh-huh. And it doesn't need an external process or anything. So. Okay. What's actually being called is just like, an, uh, I, I treat Postgres as a key value database for this system. Just like the key is like deputy test objects. And then I have like what the, the access token is, the refresh token, what the last access code is. And, and that's pretty much it.
0: So when it hits the the lambda does it actually go to postgres to fetch this information?
1: It does, yeah. Okay. For this particularly because um because each of the lambdas are invoked in different uh threads, mm. they're using worker threads uh, for serverless. Yep. They wouldn't have access to the same state, right, if yep. it wasn't in postgres. Yeah. Yeah. So postgres is the easiest way yeah, yeah. to do that yep. and uh, I just I think it's a really good pattern to add like uh, a shitty uh, like key value store to Postgres because <laughs> it's very easy to add. And then you'd be surprised at how many use cases you can find for it. And it's not too inefficient at handling that. So. Is it
0: just a table for... Cases? It's a
1: table that says uh, namespace, key, and value. Yep. Namespace, I try and keep like testing or caching or something like that mm-hmm. so I, I, I know exactly what the, the general region is because otherwise yes. it's just an ID and then the key would be a string, mm. and then the value is JSONB. And JSONB oh, yep. uh, in Postgres can be a string, it could be an array, it could be a hash. Oh,
0: so, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah,
1: or null, mm. so. You have the flexibility of putting any data into the, the place of any key, so, mm. yeah.
0: Well, as an aside, how many lambdas do we have now? We must have. Many, few. many. Many, yeah. Way too many.
1: We've got
0: Yeah, we do have, we've got heaps.
1: The the issue with it is that it um it eats up a lot of uh, memory to compile them because yes. uh, once you a- get a a serverless project of any consequence mm. where it's not just like you're writing in the handler mm. like raw j- JavaScript mm. it uh, it gets big mm. so the uh, uploaded file is capped at two hundred and fifty megabytes I believe unzipped yep. is that right do you know the number yeah two fifty yeah. Um, so it, it eats up a lot of Webpack. You know, Webpack has to churn through everything and like yeah. remove dependencies and everything. Yeah. But because of the way Webpack is set up, it does it for each individual function. So could you
0: split the, the serverless file? Will that make a difference? You could
1: split though? the serverless file, but yeah. then each of these t- things that we do has additional complications. So yeah. then you would need to, in local development, start a new server. Yeah. Or and so we'd have to start.
0: Running yeah. two services, maybe.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you'd have to start two services, and then also I have the concern of I probably have two different code bases, so then I have to, you know, I maybe I could put two serverless files in the same root directory, but, yeah, yeah I don't know if that gives me much benefit. Mm. I will end up doing that for our WebSocket API that I'll do eventually Ooh. for notifications. Exciting. So, yeah. Right now we do a long poll, mm. so I'd rather get that onto. uh onto web socket. web socket yeah
0: that'd be nice that would that will be very nice
1: but I'm waiting until there's another use case for sockets so yeah, yeah.
0: I'll, I'll just make a feature
1: come up with something that we need real-time <laughs> <It's> <laughs> results like the for. users
0: require this now <laughs> yeah.
1: just so we can try it yeah but uh,
0: users want GraphQL how do they know what GraphQL
1: is they just want it put it in they they need Apollo <laughs> in the front end clearly and I'm not talking about my dog
0: <laughs> but um, well, if we're talking about lambdas, what's this mono lambda thing?
1: Oh, uh, this, <laughs> on, <but> <laughs> this is. Hold on. This is so start, strange. How, how, did, how did we get on this topic? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I said specifically I wanted to talk about this because uh, it's, a, it's a pattern I haven't actually seen in the wild. Uh, I see allusions to it, but I don't see it being spoken about.
0: Yeah. Does it tie into what we were just talking about or not?
1: Sort of. It yeah. would actually address that. Yeah. Uh, So as you probably know, there is an option to run, uh, to use Express Mm. uh, as like the root level of the serverless project. Mm. Or if you want to, you can implement directly to, because they have the Lambda containers, Mm. um, you can implement directly to the like operating system API. Given a request, return this response. Uh, there's a bit of complexity, I think, that comes with having all of these different functions for a single service. Mm. Typically, it gets broken into all these like get and put and create like lambda functions. When in reality, what you're building is a single cohesive service, Mm. not individual independent functions. They all are together. They all do the same thing and they all use the same resources.
0: There's so much shared code, and you just have a little handler on top, which kind of yeah. implements it's it slightly differently. It's 99% shared code, yeah.
1: and then the same resources. So if you have a database open, then you are hitting the database, uh, you know, however many functions you have when someone logs in that they need to hit, you're opening connections. You're opening a connection pool and closing it. Mm-hmm. And even though we use RDS proxy to make that faster, it's still noticeable. Yeah, Like there is a, a there's a probably a hundred milliseconds we pay for every request. Um, so my, my theory is that we could simplify this whole thing. Mm. And I think, uh, Google GCP has gotten onto this earlier Mm. because, uh, before I've written cloud run applications, which is you upload a container image and if it's in a supported format, it will, it's essentially serverless. So it'll only spin up the container and serve requests when, uh, you get a request. So it'll stay idle, which is the benefit of serverless. Like you have a small customer base and you want to be able to ramp up. Uh, Serverless lets you not pay anything Mm. when it's not running. Uh, So doing it in a mono Lambda system would be that you have that express handler that serves all of these endpoints Mm. and the express thing uh, routes everything. Mm. You would then be able to control concurrency and reuse the same functions for, the entire application for every call. So something that you'll notice with our application is that because we have about a hundred, uh, handlers, a hundred endpoints, uh, each call will be f- about a second slower than it should be the first time. Yeah. So when you log in, yeah. it takes about two seconds. Cause yeah. it takes about a second for, you know, the JWT to be minted and everything and whatever, yeah. check you in the database, mm. check your password or whatever. And mm-hmm. then, uh, after that, the next time you log in, it's like fifty milliseconds. Yeah, it takes almost no time yep. or one second, mm. I suppose, in that use case. Mm. Uh, so the monolambda system would mean that once you've done the first call, you've warmed up the lambda, mm. uh, and then you no longer need to continue uh, warming up instances. And then you'll probably you'll build up a, a backlog of like warm lambdas of like you have twenty yeah. available, yeah. and then those will all serve. Yeah. So then you are no longer opening and closing data like connections as frequently because um, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Lambdas run, when they run and they run again, Mm. they are actually the same execution environment. Mm. Like if you generate a global and you console log it, each of your executions thereafter will have that same variable.
0: The Lambda lives for a little bit. Yeah,
1: Mm. so it it, it can serve multiple requests with the same global resources.
0: Uh, I think AWS just doesn't guarantee what No, it doesn't will be, guarantee it. when they'll be up or down.
1: So you have to write something where it doesn't really care, yeah. but you could take advantage of that system. And having this you, using the exact same lambda could reduce the amount of resources that you need. Mm. I think it'd also be cheaper overall cuz you, you don't need all of these different log groups from CloudWatch. You don't need all of these like the API gateway is much simpler. Yeah. The only downside I see is that the, the console is a little bit less useful, like the AWS Lambda console, but I don't see any, like the monitoring stuff that they have built for that is not useful. Because mm. for example, you know, the API gateway, when you, get a, when you return a 400, mm. uh, says it's a 200 in the monitoring. Oh, really? Yeah, because you're successfully invoking your Lambda. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And if you return a 500, not throw an exception it thinks it's successful ah okay right so it says your lambda is healthy because it's serving 500 (laughs) so the way that they interpret healthiness of your service probably isn't true (laughs) yeah (laughs) but anyway that's my my rant what do you think about that well
0: can we do that now with just having an express proxy for a lambda how do we how does it differ I got the gist of what you're saying, but how does it differ between if we just run a a Lambda with an Express proxy? Is that not doing the same thing? What do you mean proxy? Like you said, just run an Express app as a Lambda and use Express. uh,
1: I don't know if it's called a proxy. I think it's, yeah, yeah. But you use the, whatever the serverless integration with Express is. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's essentially what I'm talking about. Mm. So doing that as your actual pattern, Mm. not as like a, oh, I wanted my because the thing is, when you read all of the Express or the, they have Flask as well for Python, uh-huh. when you read about it, there's no mention of any of these benefits. And I don't see any blog posts about the benefits of what I'm talking about, Yeah, p- particularly for smaller companies. If you're not serving, you know, uh, 30 TPS on your lambdas, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't go for something like this. Mm. Your monitoring is actually simpler because then One of the issues that you get from these systems is that you then have to aggregate logs in order to do, uh, like, uh, in order to observe what's actually happening in your system. You can't just say, show me the logs for all of my Lambdas, Mm. because CloudWatch, AWS stores them all in different places. But because you would be using a a mono Lambda, all of these requests are served by the same Lambda handler, Mm. they would all go into the same log group. Mm. So you would no longer need to pay for Elasticsearch. Yeah, so I t- like it's almost impossible to go through the logs of AWS Lambda mm. a- at the moment with a hundred uh, different handlers, especially if yeah. they're all being invoked by the same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So why do you think more people don't do that? Because there's definitely a push now towards it's people having serverless. But the the push, I feel like the push at the moment is everyone wants to have these single, um, isolated units of code. That do little things. But who's, no who's one wants saying to do that? I dunno. I think it's inter- just a, it's an internet.
1: immature system. People haven't used it. Mm. It like everything is being figured out for serverless, even though we've yeah. had it for I don't know, like five, six, seven years and S3 in had some ways a birthday much longer. S
0: three's thirteen years old. I had oh, a birthday wow. the Happy other birthday.
1: day. <laughs> <laughs> Call me when you're eighteen three. <laughs> Is that a good joke? <laughs> yeah, <I don't> know. <laughs> it's inappropriate, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> a joke. Uh, but it, it is immature. Like, I feel like the, the way that we build software on serverless is very, very, very immature. Well, it's only been a I push don't see r- testing no. as being a key feature of any serverless frameworks.
0: They're working testing out later. It's like, we just want serverless. How do we test it? We don't know yet. We'll work it out later.
1: Yeah, so all of the good engineering principles that we've had for every other type of runtime. Mm. Like if you start a Rails app, you're generating your test folder, mm. right? And then it's just, well, it's it's a, some people don't write tests, but almost everyone's gonna write tests for their, their Ruby code. Mm. But I don't see any tests for serverless stuff. Yeah. And I see it being very hard typically. Like people don't try and make it what it is, which is just like a deployment environment. Mm. It's not meant to be like, a framework for everything. AWS doesn't know how to do all of this. It's up to you. Mm. But uh, because it's an immature-ish uh, ecosystem, it's not super well tested. People haven't tried a lot of stuff. so.
0: And people have this, uh, from what I've seen, people like to um, isolate these modules, whether it be Lambdas or the SQS or SNS, and those uh, abstractions that they make, they get their code to do the thing that they want it to do. But I suppose the cost is you, you don't have that overall view of things anymore. Like, if your SQS is working, that's great. And if your Lambda's working, that's great. But there's no crossover to see are they like working well together.
1: Yeah, that's 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 sort of what log aggregation would do. So, uh, I don't know if you've seen in so if you have a log aggregation system like ElasticSearch, you know correlation IDs? Have oh. you heard of this? No. So, it, when you're when you have a microservice system, you have to have some way to add, like say this user made a request and it went through seven services, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So you need to be able to drill. Okay. There's no other way. Yeah. Like it's not possible to have observability without some sort of correlation ID. Mm like Jaeger essentially, like these other tracing systems, they also do that in, in a way. But a correlation ID is just something you put in a header that on every log message, you always log it. So you know, that, like if I come in through the get employees endpoint, and I end up hitting like seven different APIs, I have that correlation ID in all the uh-huh. logs, and then I'm able to search by the correlation ID. Right, okay. And then I can see like what the actual, in a distributed system, yep. what the actual like linear-ish execution was. Gotcha. And that's how you can debug like race conditions, and that's. Do we do that? Uh, That would cost money. I don't want to spend the money on it. Forget about Uh, it. Because that—that's my point. Like AWS, essentially, because of the way it's not AWS's fault; it's our fault as engineers. But um, the way AWS is set up, if you just follow what Serverless says right off the bat, you are funneled into the like use Elasticsearch, use these systems, use these like tracing systems. You need all this additional stuff in order to have any chance of observing your system. But, uh, you know, maybe there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel for simpler systems in the mono-lambda world. Mono-lambda,
0: you heard it here first, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have seen a few of the uh,
1: express lambdas before. And there's also, so one thing people don't think about, I feel, in systems, or at least that I've not seen uh, done ever, Mm. is that your system not only has to scale up, but it has to cap. Mm. Because there's always a system at the end that has a cap. What do you mean cap? Uh, So you need to stop your scaling at some point. Yeah. So you're able to do that for a specific function, but you're never going to find time to like go through your like uh, send notification handler Mm. and properly tune the amount of like memory and everything ah, for right. that yeah. lambda. Sure. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. So if it's, uh, I suppose then the other thing as well is if you've got one lambda, does that mean there's more risk? You've like got all your eggs in one basket then, doesn't it?
1: Not really. I don't think so. That, this is just. Well, it should be tested code. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But do you feel that way about? when you run a Rails service that I uh, I don't particularly feel that way when I run any traditional mm. system. Mm. If if I had multiple teams working on that same code, then yes, I would feel that there was too much risk. Mm. But it, if it was a team of four people all working on the same API, yeah. they are all responsible for that, and they will know immediately if there's a failure. Yeah. Like if it can't boot, then it's going to be very obvious to them because nothing will work.
0: Maybe it's the push to Let's fail early. Yeah. But maybe it's the push towards the microservice architecture as well. Which is a negative for smaller companies, for sure. Yeah, and and even for bigger companies. You need to get to the point where microservices make sense, doesn't it? Don't you? Like, yeah, so now for us, it doesn't make to, sense for us to have microservices.
1: No. And as much as possible, I don't write code in a way that is a microservice. Mm. We have a front-end and we have a back-end. Yeah. And even that is... a. Like a dubious split. Yeah. It would like the days were simpler when you could just have a Rails view, right? Back in the old days. When like everyone was working view. on the same code base mm. and everyone reused the same systems. Mm. There's more setup because of the fact that we have the split front end and back end. That's true. Yeah.
0: You could go to something like uh Phoenix.
1: Have what you tried that? Phoenix? No, no. Okay. Which language is that? Is that Elixir. Crystal? Elixir. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not interested. Oh. It's too hipster. I went to the meetups and uh, everyone had beards and they looked cool, so I wasn't interested. I'm I'm go- I want to go yet. where the, the developers are like, you know, 50 years old. <laughs> I want to go where the laziest, uncoolest people are. I want to go to the Java conferences. <laughs> Ruby. I appreciate boring systems. Well, The more boring you can make it, the less heroics required, the better. Well,
0: it's like when you've, uh, it's like John Deere with the new tractors. You know, the big uh, uproar with John Deere. You can't repair them. You can't repair them. Yeah. So. Did you tell
1: me about this? I did. Oh, please explain.
0: It's like the same thing. You've got a tractor on your farm. It might be from the 1950s, but it just keeps working. All it it needs to do is pull that plow.
1: All those old systems just work.
0: Just works. And then if something breaks, well, you just pull one part out and you put the, Fresh part in and keeps working. Yeah, but then you get the new John Deere's. Too much going on there. You can't actually fix it unless you call John Deere out to They've
1: fix it. They've got internal microservices. Probably. <laughs> the tractors have microservices now. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole problem. Embedded system microservices. Actually, the, the that's IoT, isn't it? Essentially, yeah, that yeah. tractor's
0: probably sending logs to John Deere for to, sure. Uh, you, going one.
1: into their Elastic uh, <laughs> Elastic Search index. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it makes sense, like if the older, more traditional developers have certain ways to do things, they probably work very well.
1: I agree, yeah. I I appreciate the words of the older developers more than anyone (laughs) else's. You don't get to meet many of them in Australia, though. They're more experienced, I suppose. Why? Where are they? They'd be in the States. I don't know many old... There's not that many here.
0: Well, one person I used to work with said to me he was a bit concerned. He was the oldest guy in our team. And he's like... "Um, he didn't know how long he could still be a developer for. How he, old was he? Oh, he was maybe like late 40s. That's fake news. And he's like, I feel, in his mind, he feels like uh, at that age, he should be moving into management or product or...
1: No, I don't think so. Like that was, that was just like... I think he should do courses. I think he should be teaching people. Ideally. That be, yeah, yeah, that might be good. Yeah, he was so, he I, was I, really I, he good engineer. He still be doing the same thing. He was an awesome I engineer.
0: Think. But the thing was, he just wanted to code. He loved coding. He loved being a developer but he felt like maybe he had to make a move to a like a different like path like he felt that pressure that oh uh, you can't be a developer forever
1: that feels bad i don't like that no he definitely can i mean maybe i i feel like if you if you can manage to not get bored doing it then yeah, he definitely it. go for it
0: he's one of the best guys i've ever worked with actually he would don't have been promote a great
1: yourself to incompetence he
0: would have been a great teacher actually now yeah. that you mention it
1: yeah but uh we have a very fast-paced world mm. and everyone wants things now and yeah. in a lot of these uh very corporate companies if you're not just delivering features lightning speed then you get left behind mm. but uh speed isn't the most important thing really there's there's like there's efficiency over long-term and short-term yeah and the larger the company and the bigger the scope of the product the more that developer that you knew would have been valuable
0: mm. Yeah, but we're building things right from day one.
1: That's right. I refuse to let anything go in that isn't right. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why we have six errors and two customers. (laughs) It's not true. We have more than two customers and we have six errors. Actually, the error count is correct. We're going to get more customers, but...
0: I'm I'm doing sales again this week.
1: I know you've you've quadrupled our numbers. You're quadrupling every week, Frank. <laughs> we need to slow down. <laughs> I need to get can my si- monolambda can the in. the system handle. Yeah, we need yeah. to get the
0: monolambda in.
1: I will say the only downside that I've thought of for the monolambda is memory. Memory and CPU usage. Ah, uh, yeah. But then again, does it really matter? Unless like if you had a file handler, I suppose. That's when you you would want it to be outside of it so you could mm. set So if you had like an S3 uh, function that that processed a whole bunch of data you would want to be able to tune the memory and CPU for that specifically uh, yeah. but your app as a whole typically especially in a system like mine where I'm using uh, invert like an IOC container yep. all the memory can stay the same for everything mm. anyway <laughs> Back- I'm sold put it in yeah 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm going to yeah. and the way that we've built it I I've sort of already prepared for it so are you going to use Express it's uh, yeah. The only alternative is to use a container.
0: What are the other? What are the alternatives? To I don't express really have much there?
1: time to experiment right now, though, because I call, So I, there's two features that I want to get out that I just want to get done. Which so ones? I'm not really doing the experimentation. Which features? With zero and deputy. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so and deputy's is done, isn't it? Well, deputy is done from the API, but there's still the front end. Ah, so we'll sure. We'll see if I have to go back to that. Sure, sure, yep. yeah, yes it's in prod you can connect to deputy right now i've seen the button I like all of our customers who listen to this please stop (laughs) listening but also you can connect to deputy right now
0: (laughs) they've been asking for it
1: yeah
0: yeah that'll make them happy actually uh it was it was really nice to see um actual users when i showed them the product when they were smiling like you could see there was actual
1: uh someone actually likes the product someone likes it yeah what the fuck yeah like that it was it was nice i thought this was just like a technology showcase (laughs)
0: actually that's what i should have done i should be like so here's our mono lambda (laughs) (laughs) it all starts with the mono lambda
1: (laughs) and you can see our elastic search clusters here (laughs) (laughs) let
0: me take you through the logs quickly now (laughs) as you'll see only six alerts
1: so how many subscriptions can i put you down for (laughs) sir (laughs) Hey, it might be a new sales
0: tactic. I'm uh I'm not very salesy, but maybe
1: that'll You're very salesy.
0: That might work in my favor, I feel. No, I'm not at all.
1: You are. What do you mean? Like I'm not
0: like a typical
1: kind of salesperson. No, but you're a personable person. I've got my own style. Yeah, you've got your own style. Mm. That's our cat that's our catchphrase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. how Batman says uh I'm Batman. You say, I'm not in sales. All right. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> what else you got on that list, Frank?
0: Um, testing the product.
1: Testing the product.
0: But we talked about that already.
1: We did talk a little bit about testing. We have to talk about IOC more because I feel like I haven't Syringe. convinced everyone. Yeah.
0: Syringe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you showed me through the pattern, and I quite liked it. I haven't actually used it because I haven't done much backend. Uh, With what we've got i've been doing mainly front end but i've seen the pattern and i think the other thing i had to get when you first showed it to me i was pretty new to typescript
1: so there were like two two, three things you had to learn on top of each other
0: so now i'm like i'm comfortable with typescript i'm not a pro but i'm very comfortable with it and uh
1: well typescript makes it makes javascript a lot more like java yeah and uh the ioc container is like Every Java developer will talk about it. Essentially, so yeah, it's a very Java-esque uh, system, but I think it's one that works well for most most applications.
0: I'm doing a my next project for my university studies. You know, I'm going for my bachelor's degree.
1: Yeah. Um, Computer science. Yeah. So
0: I've got a large project, team project. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll force some IOC containers in there.
1: Yeah, I'll show you how to do it in Java, if you're doing it in Java.
0: It might be Java, but one of the, I feel it, like it's Java? either going to be Java or Python
1: we're going to use. Don't do Python. No, I
0: want to stay away. I'd rather do Java.
1: Yeah, I would not recommend. You already know uh, TypeScript and JavaScript. There's no reason to learn Python. Yeah, that's what I feel. It's entirely academic at this point. Yeah. And only data science people use it, and do you know any Never mind, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm not really interested in data science. Do you know any effective data scientists? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, Maybe if I learned Python, I could become one.
1: Yeah. I'd like to pref- like, uh, say about that last statement, I work in very small companies that hire data scientists typically. So
0: We don't have one yet. Maybe that yeah. should be our, next, our first hire.
1: For our fourth employee our fourth data employee. scientist. Yeah, get him in. It's, people always hire them too early. That's to, why we need to get it. Yeah. <laughs> <That's why> we, <laughs> we need, need to one. be like everyone <laughs> We else. need one now. We need our Elasticsearch cluster.
0: <laughs> we need to know what we need to... How are we supposed to make decisions without data?
1: That's true. It's it not even the, the data scientist's fault. It's just like you need an organization that's behind the whole thing and that has existed for a long time. Anyway, I'm, I'm going off onto a tangent of data science. Let's,
0: let's talk more about data science in another episode. Yeah. Because... Um, Oh, oh Jesus! No, wow. That one, lower that volume. Oh wow, just a little.
1: <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. My ears hurt.
0: That was good, but that was a
1: good system. Feels uh, good
0: episode. It's good to be back.
1: I don't yes. mind the morning
0: podcasts. Actually,
1: my mom said she likes the ones where it's just us. She doesn't like the guests.
0: <laughs> We've got more guests coming, but yeah. But start your morning right with a podcast. That's everyone. right.
1: Your Wednesday. No, it's Monday today. No, 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 but we. This is going out on Mo- Wednesday.
0: It's Wednesday. Good afternoon, everyone.
1: It's a end your day well, the <laughs> unruly software podcast.
0: Because we we always post Wednesdays.
1: That's right, we post on Wednesdays. You can like, follow, and subscribe. Like, follow,
0: subscribe. Uh, leave us a review it. on iTunes. Yeah, unruly five software. stars, please.
1: Yeah, uh, you can leave four stars, but I will find you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very specific set of skills. Uh, you know, if you want to leave a will test your boundaries of your API. Feel free to join our Discord. We totally go on there. Okay. Goodbye. Bye.